Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman, and I'm here today with Dave Swanson, back again to uh, talk about some truck stuff and uh, some photo stuff, some updates that we've been doing. Dave, how you doing? Hello, Billy Newman. Billy, Billy Newman, always a pleasure. Um, I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man, and I'm glad that you're here. This is, I think, the first one that we've done with uh, everything set up here. The new the mics, little, uh, yes, sir. Studio, yeah, we got the the mic set up, and I think it sounds really good. We got both the arms going, and the filters and stuff. It's been pretty fun having it. I dig having like the uh, the monitors and stuff. Oh yeah, it's been definitely, great. definitely helps out. Yeah, it's been cool. But uh, but yeah, so we got this going like a couple of weeks ago, or I guess like what maybe two now, maybe just under two weeks. We've probably had this just going. under two. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's been great though. We've been trying to get into like more podcasting stuff, so we're trying to figure out more stuff that we can do. I want to do more of this podcast, like the Billy Newman photo one where we just talk and talk about whatever. Right. And probably photo stuff is what I'd like to get. Well, would, to, yeah. But, yeah. But it's more like flexible. We can do whatever with it. But then we're trying to do the night sky podcast. Did I send you a link for that one? You it's did. Got, it's yeah. We've only done like two so far. I think we're going to try another one later. Okay. But yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, so we've, we've got that one up on iTunes now, which is going to be fun to try and do, but that one we're going to try and, do more more of like a program like like we're hosting like a program and we just kind of try and get through a certain set of things that we try and put together every week but i think Mm -hmm. it's going to be like a weekly like what's happening in the sky above us sort of just a rundown right it'll be easy to do but it'll be it'll be fun it'll be it'll be cool to put together and there's like a bunch of cool night stuff that i like to talk about and weren't you weren't you going to work on a like a calendar yeah we got the calendar going too and that's been really uh really cool marina's been doing a ton of work on that to get the art ready for it um and so i think we're just kind of going through and building that and then we're putting together um like the the calendar InDesign document that we'll then send out to print and then we'll just get as many printed as we have orders for which would be cool and we'll get a bunch of like that works out nice yeah yeah it'll be easy that's a nice thing about I guess that's the nice thing about this age, like the, the time that we're in or like just the, I think it's something that's probably come about maybe in the last like 10 years is our ability to just get a few of something made. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like we yeah. have this access to mass production stuff, but in the past you really had to, to really put in a big buy-in to get something going, you know, right? to get a calendar, you needed to order 5,000 calendars or a thousand, you know, you had to send it out to a distributor or something. Mm-hmm. The publishing costs, the access to that was a lot more difficult. And then now just the access that people have to get into the more complex services given out by like a regular print shop is really nice. And you can like, you can get like a few of something, like you can get an order of 10 or you can get an order of like, I don't know, 50,000 made. Right. That's and that, cool. that is something that's definitely recently just come about. I think of like the, uh, even like 3d printing, yeah, uh, a guy I know at work he he built his own 3D printer and he what? just he makes stuff. Yeah, he actually he's prototyping. I probably shouldn't say it, but no one's gonna listen to this anyway, right? You're right. <laughs> so, um, but he made a a prototype. It goes. It's like a sleeve that straps around your the the stem or not the stem, but the the main part of the bong. Oh yeah. But it's it's shaped. Uh, it's got a little pocket on the side. Uh, that can hold a lighter, and so oh. you just you just strap this thing to your bong, and you can put your lighter right there. Is it like it a just, watch strap kind of thing, like n- that? Idea? No, it's, it, it's, it, it's it's all three D printed, and yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like a U shape, and then at the bottom of the U, oh, it just I got has you. that kind of clips. Yeah, down, and so like it just, a little force. It's yeah, it's just with oh, a little force. Sweet. It bends and snaps right on there. No way, it's great. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna 
I told him he needs to he needs to get serious about that because I was you know I'm just sitting there looking at it I'm like this is a genius idea my lighter is right here all the time and it's not in the way at all it's I I think it's a very genius idea no Um, you should try and do it yeah you you run a run a Kickstarter or run a just buy a a bunch of 3D printers have a warehouse of 3D printers (laughs) he's just running the checklist down as they're all just churning out little bomb clips. You you sold me. I'm gonna right go, in his empire. I'm set that up. We could take this idea, Dave. It's we right could. on the ground floor. You're right. He didn't, he didn't patent it, so <laughs> we could just do that. Take it. Yeah, we got to do it. But yeah, so just just being able to make whatever you want is is a great advent. Yeah. Well, that once it's even more common, it's gonna just. Oh hey Jimmy, go go make a a toy to play with. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I will feel like that sooner or later. Um, and it's cool too, even just with so we like, we can make a calendar, and then we can like put out a podcast, or we can like put stuff up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is like really easy. And or us right now, just yeah, bumping yeah. out a podcast. Yeah, it's cool, and this is this is fun, man. It's it'll end up sounding pretty good, really, when we're done. We just need to get talented, and then we're there. I was gonna say you've got a you've got a really good sound going. If, if right. I'm honest, yeah, I think this is pretty cool. We got headphones, mm-hmm. we like hear each other. Like we've got the, the pop, like we just got it all, man. We got it run through the mixer. We got the two channels rendered down, and it sounds pretty good when we put it together. We put it together with some music yesterday. We'll do the same tonight. Oh, really? And uh, or like you know, you just drop in like an intro and outro. Yeah, thing. I wonder if we can get like like Robert or other people we know to just make us a musical intro. Oh or yeah, outro or something. We should get some just, sweet ones. Just just a little something to spice it up, make it you know, make it that much more yeah it'd be memorable. Cool. It'd be cool. Yeah, I'd like to have um, more layered productions on this going mm-hmm. really soon. So I want to try to like ramp up stuff. So I think what we're thinking about doing is like um, I mentioned this Night Sky podcast that we're putting together. That's all like production about like the night sky, what's happening this week, what you can see and go out and find. So it'll be that. And then we want to do this other one, like a wilderness podcast or like something that's like backcountry natured. Like we talk about like off-road truck stuff or we talk about like camping or backpacking or kayaking or biking or skateboarding or i don't know just (laughs) outdoor adventure lifestyle yeah i think is the idea um but i want to try and figure something out around that or about that where we can talk about outdoor adventure lifestyle stuff and like different places that we've gone camping at or different like adventure trips that we've gone on i would say uh, i was going to say it's it would also give us a good reason to go do stuff yeah. To report on it, basically. Yeah, I'd like to do that. And I'd like to have it so that we, like, report on, like, just good gear and, like, good places or good, like, films or something, you know, anything like that. Like, there's this one out right now called Maru that's, like, about, um, like, mountain climbers, that sort of thing. Or in, like, mountains in okay. South, South America that they're doing, like, these insane summits of. And, like, that would be a cool thing to cover. We could just, like have a reason to go watch it or go to the right what is it i think it's in the spring it's in april there's this thing that they do down at the mcdonald theater and i think there's a couple of the movie theaters that run it but it's like the mountain film festival but there's more to it than that but there's some there's some event that comes through and it's like uh these like all of these independent films that have been put together for like mountain climbing summits that they've done you know like someone like a group puts together a documentary of their summit trip that sort of a thing there was something recently at, at mcdonald with like a snowboarding I oh think. that's cool yeah probably the same kind of vein of stuff but mm-hmm. yeah it'd be cool we'd have a podcast we'd like cover those kind of events or like that 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 environment of stuff right. or i mean just 
you know, producing something, you know, figuring out stories from the internet and talking about it that <laughs> week, that sort of thing. But it'd be awesome. We should watch those films too. It'd be cool. Yeah. Um, or, you know, we just like, we figure out places to go four wheeling and we talk about it. That sort of a thing. Or we See, talk I, to so I people. like the hands-on approach, but the hands-on approach mm-hmm. I'm into. Get, get in there get dirty. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Um, so I want to do those three. That's kind of what I want to try and commit to for the first year. But the, the goal with it and like the first 50 of these, I'm at like episode 28 right now of the Billy Newman photo one. The first 50 That's of these. It? Only 28. Yeah. Right. Wow. I'm just going to try and push out a ton for night sky, a ton for this wilderness one and a ton for Billy Newman photo that are like simple, easy, kind of getting used to everything, sort of figuring out the bugs in the system. Mm-hmm. And then from like 50 on or whenever we figured out the, the idea is to kind of like build it up to that point right. and then like have it, have some machine sort of figured out, you know, <laughs> make the machines. Do it. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's also where, you know, like, getting intros and outros would also be you know it, it makes it feel just that much more official so. yeah no it, it really so, yeah. yeah so that's what i'm talking about we ramp should have uh, gotta ramp it up produced pieces so that's what i'm trying to think of it's like the first ones they'll be easy they'll just be recordings and stuff and then as we like kind of work on it and get into it we'll build like intro pieces we'll do production pieces like i'll have you stay and record like a like a spot and then we'll like produce it and then put it in the podcast Gotcha. That sort of a thing, gotcha. you know, that kind of those those kind of pieces. But I want to try and like build it out to be a thoughtful thing. But later, because the first fifty <laughs> are just going to be like communicating that we're putting it together, right? Or like talking about just sort of the idea and trying to hone it down and figure out what we want to do. And I think that's a really great approach. I think it's yeah, it'll be easier. Like because sometimes you get in over your head where you're like, oh yeah, well I'll just start with the first podcast being really good or right or you know like produced exactly the way that i want it to be or you just you you kind of set yourself up to fail almost when you think like oh i'm gonna start and it's just gonna automatically be fantastic yeah but that's not that's not the case this has definitely been a process of trial and error and getting better stuff and learning how it all works and goes together yeah it's it's true i get i mean shoot this is a hobby you know so i guess it's taken like two years just to get to this it, point of it like, is a hobby isn't it this is the new like uh uh ham radio guy oh yeah probably you, you would have been the guy in his barn right now just fiddling with his antennas yeah i think i'm i'm a good representation of that guy for 2015 <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, what i wanted to grow up to be is the crazy right. ham radio guy in the 70s you would have been right at home yeah no it's fun dude i like all these you know it's it's this is cool stuff to have around yeah. Sweet. We get to just produce some stuff. Man, I swear I'm listening to a bunch of podcasts right now. Just this alone is a better conversation than most. Boom. The most that exists <laughs> in a lot of ways. So um, so I think it'll be really cool. And once we start kind of running through, like we host a format, like where it's not a podcast kind of about us communicating it, but we sort of like, we represent and then we like convey right. the show. We convey, you know, we kind of just do a show which would be cool if we kind of can figure that out but yeah but maybe not it'll be fun to just kind of have a a chat show too it's kind of funny because i remember when 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 we were first getting into the idea i was sort of just like we'll just get together and talk because we talk about cool stuff all the time right yeah but but i've i've fallen more into this way of your like we need a, a a structure or a format or something you know like yeah you know, just something to keep it in line. And, and the more, you know, the more uh, we do this, the more I see like, oh, you know what? That would be super fantastic to really 
just have a couple of bullet points or a, a couple of like yeah. hard set topics that you know a little bit or a lot about yeah. and you can you can really convey understanding to the audience with no it makes a lot more sense to do it because it's it gets complicated man i mean it's hard to to just have clear thoughts on a lot of subjects for for a long period of time Mm -hmm. i don't know you know it it comes and goes but uh but yeah it makes a lot more sense to just have some kind of structure to the way that you talk for one of these recordings it can i want it to still be really natural and a lot like i'd like to keep them pretty conversational or like kind of just kind of question it, question course, answer, yeah. conversation style. Um, but it makes a lot of sense to just have like three ideas to kind of come to the table with the conversation with. Cause you have to think too, like at a certain point, at least like we want other, or, you know, other people would listen to it sort of, you know, so as it, Others. so, yeah. so you got you got to pull it in a lot or you got to pull it into like, is this entertaining to listen to? Or is it like a product, you know? Mm hmm. For a while, for a long time, it won't be. It'll just be nope. us gabbing. Nope. And we'll just kind of put together. We're just kind of filling in the 20 minutes of time. And then, uh, you it's know, fantastic. moving that on. It's great. I yeah, it'll be cool. I can hear myself talk. <laughs> yeah. Who so, wouldn't love that? Oh, yeah. It's pretty sweet, man. You should subscribe. Got to subscribe, Dave. I, I think I'm subscribed on you or iTunes. Yeah. Pretty you can sure. subscribe on iTunes. And I'm starting to do it on YouTube also. That's what I'm going to try and do now. Um, I think that YouTube is important. Like people, people use YouTube. Turns out, a couple of them. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try and make uh, independent YouTube accounts for each of these podcasts that I was talking about, and then oh, okay. I'm going to try and just post each of the podcasts, the audio file with just like a, the album art as a video mm-hmm. on YouTube, and then like list it with the hashtags and then links from there. Yeah. And uh, just have it exist there also. But I think that'd be a good way to populate a YouTube account with stuff and content that I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? And because I, I don't really do that enough videos to warrant a lot of things happening on the YouTube channel. No. But I think that this is a good way to do that and it'd be fun. I think so too. And there's a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of audio files yeah. that I listen to on YouTube, you know, and it's yeah. just a, one or two background pictures and it's, that's a lot of what I use it for. So I think that's a super viable way to, to get content out for sure. Yeah. It'd be a good way to put the podcast up in a spot where people could find it and listen to it. Stumble and, uh, upon it. Yeah, it would. I mean, really that's a, uh, that's part of it too, or just kind of building up a subscriber base mm-hmm. on YouTube, I think is, you know, it's just sort of, it's part, part of the atmosphere right now. If you're trying to do content creation or you're trying to like put together things like this, you know, for the internet, I feel like if you're just, totally skipping out on YouTube and you're trying to build something like a lot of the other podcasts we listen to, they have a base, you know? Right. So they maybe don't need to start with YouTube or they don't need to move over there. But I think since we own it, you know, on our site and we own it through the RSS feed for the podcast, it doesn't really matter too much to me if anything happens to the YouTube side of it, but I want to put it there at first or, you know, kind of like build those pages up and like make graphics for it. And, and, you know, every week that we make a new podcast, we put that podcast up, rendered out as a video and kind of send it out or have it show up for the, uh, the people that subscribe to the channel that we have for the, for the podcast. The smart people, only the smart, only people. the smart people will subscribe. It's talking about smart people, Dave. Yeah. You've been working on your truck. Oh, all day, all every day. day. What? Uh, so you you sent me a Snapchat earlier where you had no steering wheel. Uh, correct. What was going on there? Um, well, I was putting a new steering wheel on. Uh, 
the one that came you know that it came with this is yeah the old stock studio yeah this is a, a 89 toyota so it's you know 26 years old uh, and it was just this very big old man steering wheel and it, <laughs> and i just old I, farm truck yeah just an old farm truck steering wheel you know like i was driving a tractor so i uh yeah that picture you saw is after i took the uh the protective sleeve off around the the column right and then um there's a couple of bolts holding the the front of the the steering wheel on. You take those off, you pull it off, and there's a big a big nut that's really holding it on. Big nut, and uh, yeah. And I I kind of trip myself out about like oh is it counter counter oh, yeah. whatever and and no it's just it's just on there. It's just a big old big old nut. But um, took it off, and the my favorite part was I just happened to watch a video uh, before doing this, and they had a, a great tip which was to screw that nut back on just a little bit. Okay. Because what you have to do after you get that nut super loose and off is basically twist and yank and pull every which way on the uh, the steering wheel to get it off the column because it's uh, ooh, it's got a, a rack and pinion kind of like okay. very tight, you know, teeth lock type deal. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so you're just pulling on this thing as hard as you can and sure enough, like once it lets go, it lets go quick. <laughs> and it just like slammed into that nut, and I'm like, "Oh man, if I didn't know that little little trick, I would have been slamming myself in the face with oh, the wheel." God. So, kind of a you know nice little nice little save on that. But uh, yeah, so after I got it off, it was it was easier to put the new one on because the way Toyota engineered that was like yeah. screws and then covers and then screws. Uh, but this new way is is it's all based in the center of the actual column, so I just have to take the steering wheel. It's a, it's a. You, you click a button and you slide the sleeve, and okay. the wheel comes out completely. Really, uh, it's designed to do that, so you can swap wheels. It's, <laughs> it's, it's mainly for uh, I believe like uh, you'll see like race car driving. Yeah, they'll they'll because their doors don't open, so they have to climb in through the windows. But they have a, a steering wheel that that comes off. That main little yeah. column shaft, and so it's just that that that's you do it to pretend like you're a race car driver. Yeah, but but this wheel itself was actually smaller, uh, smaller diameter, and a, a bigger thickness in the handles. Okay, so it just it feels more substantial when you drive it. Oh yeah, um, I'd like that, and I've noticed that I, I get to drive around like a lot of the the new cars or just mm-hmm. a lot of different cars, different used cars, and I really notice that like the smaller wheel that's like a little bit thicker of a grip is definitely like what I prefer for handling and stuff for a lot of the cars that I that I get into. Yeah, and I would have never, I don't know, I would have never really thought about it, but now that it's something I've dealt with, it's like, why would I ever live without? Yeah, without Tiny, the steering wheel, you want steering wheel. Yeah, you have to hold it all the time. That is the thing you touch. You in your car. Yeah, control it, and it, it it does feel like I'm more connected to the car too. It's just more responsive. Yeah, or the truck rather, because just you know less you know smaller diameter, less turning. So it's just I'm a very I'm a very smooth driver. So my movements aren't very like jerky or or twist you know hard smooth. So it, it's driving just, it's just very smooth. So if there's an obstacle in the road, I, I smoothly, and this just. You know, there was so a, smooth. <laughs> there was a you know pretty substantial curve in the road, and it was like, oh, this this really fits my style. Instead of having to to grab one end of this tractor wheel and slide it all <laughs> the way across my dashboard. <laughs> At least we have power steering in our era. 
Mm-hmm. I drove like my grandpa's truck around the old farm truck, and that thing had your, your wheel is tiny. That's a sports car wheel <laughs> in comparison to this. It's just this big old plastic wheel. It's yeah, with the big metal core in it, and you what crank were they thinking? it around. Why? Why was that a good idea? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. They were just putting it together. <laughs> who, who needs to think about it? Oh man, it's gonna take you ten minutes to turn this wheel five times. Yeah, you have to like spin the thing around. And, and like, this is what you it. used to drive with. Yeah, I was like, man, this thing handles terribly. And I used to think like, oh, it's just because it's like an old truck. Mm-hmm. Like, when it was new, it was probably great. No, it just was always like pretty big and wide. It had like way small tires and a really tall body. You know, and really wide, and you know, like the old GMC Sierra trucks in like the seventies. Yeah. You know, it's just this big, huge, boxy thing. But yeah, just handled terrible, <laughs> clunked around everywhere, terrible, or like kind of a just not a stellar suspension by any means. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty primitive. Leaps and bounds have been made in the automotive industry. Yeah, that's for sure. Really strange. It's you can really tell. I was hearing that like. Um, like the biggest reason to buy new is just because of the the improvement of the base technology that's out there. Like you get like a base Ford Fiesta right now and it's got like 12 airbags right. and like a bunch of crumple zones. And it's just like the, the probability that you'll survive something that's, or you'll survive like a bad accident is way, way higher just, just with having a new vehicle or it's, it's just like, so yeah. it's just way better just because the base technology, like if you had like a Volvo from the late eighties, like the top of the line safety rated Volvo from the eighties. And then just like whatever junky domestic cars out there right now, like now wins. Now better, is better. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just technology. Yeah. You know? yeah. Cause I, I, I've kept a lot of my, uh, old cell phones just, just to have them. Oh them. yeah. A lot of them were just like spares, but yeah, you just kind of look at them and you're like, man, this was, this feels like a, a, a gigapet or something. Oh yeah. Like the screen like a, is just this weird, yeah. like LCD. Yeah. No color, just that kind of greenish back with the black letters. God, I got my first phone in 2004. I think, yeah, I think it was like 2004, 2005. I think it was spring of 2005 is actually when I got it. So now I've, I've been a cell phone owner for 10 years now. Remember those track for that track phone scam yeah. that I had? Yeah. You, you I ran that track it. phone scam. <laughs> So to explain it quickly, I had a track phone scam. I thought it was pretty ingenious for the time. I felt like a criminal mastermind. I was in high school and I had a phone for free. And uh, I I spent like $30 as a down payment. I got this track phone and it came with like 60 minutes or 100 minutes or something like that. My God, it's like nothing. But you could get that and you could just buy it with cash. You didn't need a credit card or anything. So I got that when I was like 16 and then I set it up. And then I'd like return the phone. <laughs> I'd return the phone at the uh, end of its period. And then I would get the money back and then I'd go back and then buy a new one. And I'd have a new phone number because I'd register a new phone package every month. I'd have a new phone number. It was insane. It kind of escalated over time and I was able to keep one cell phone for a while and I'd like refer myself to a new cell phone and then each phone would get like 300 minutes, <laughs> which would be like a month's worth for me. So I just like buy a phone and refer myself the minutes to keep my phone number and then I'd return that other phone 
<laughs> but I'd have the minutes still, so I just... <laughs> <laughs> That's so... It is ingenious. It yeah. really is. I'm a, were, I'm a subversive, Dave. Yeah, I, I know. I know. You definitely uh, showed your talent there. Uh, <laughs> I think that... So, yeah, they stopped allowing I was those say, products to be returned, and I believe it is because you of me. Directly. I am you. patient zero. <laughs> That's absolutely true. That company though. was having board meetings. We are hemorrhaging money, guys. <laughs> Someone in Grants Pass, Oregon is just They're taking us. Going through these phones. <laughs> Has to be the work of professionals. Uh, this must be a team, crack team of CIA trained. Yeah, it's a Russian operatives. mob <laughs> operating in illegal KGB underground. KGB just, just made their way. No, it's just some nerdy nope. high school kid in Grants Pass who's broke isn't it isn't it always just some kid just some kid figuring it out just some kid yeah Especially so i figured out those movies it's just <laughs> we have this hacker he's the only one who can do matthew it matthew broderick stopped <laughs> global thermal <laughs> nuclear war thank goodness uh he's got our back dave always always keeping us safe so dave yes i want to talk to you about the steering wheel thing i want to get a new steering wheel or oh. I'm interested. How do you source it? Where'd you go? Like, what are you looking for? Um, you know, are there like a lot of wheels? At least for, for what I was looking for. Uh, yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of the stuff, obviously we will uh, find in the same place. Uh, but eBay, I think was, was where I got mine. It was just the easiest. Uh, there's a couple of vendors, uh, a little bit of selection. Yeah. Um, it seems like the wheels are pretty much all the same, sure. uh, but they, you know, they'll come in different colors. So Ooh. there's probably just one factory in China somewhere just cranking these things out. But is it like one company that's doing it, or are they? Well, so there's different sellers. Okay, but it is the same product. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of found one that I liked. Actually, this was the second one that I ordered because the first one I ordered, they they contacted me a couple days later and they you know couldn't couldn't find it or they got the wrong one and they're like do you want the one that was a mistake and i like no i think i'll wait for the one that i wanted yeah and then uh uh they just were terrible about contacting me and finally (laughs) yeah it was they they kept sending me emails saying congratulations you've won you know, like, oh, you won the bid for the wheel and i'm like yeah yeah i i know it's it's been like a month but Anyway, so I just canceled that one and, and got the exact same thing from somebody else. Okay. And boom, shakalaka, here was that, it is. Was that from Asia that they drop ship it from? Um, no, these sellers were all in, uh, in, the, in US. the US. Okay, so, so that's cool. China's shipping them over here and people are yeah. getting them cheap, selling them for cheap. Are they aftermarket like they look just like the Toyota wheel you had? Or are they like a new no, car it def- wheel? It, it, I would say there's a couple of them. Some yeah. look kind of like uh, probably newer car models, uh, but the one I got looked like an old. <laughs> it kind of looks like the arcade steering wheel. That oh, was yeah, okay. yeah. So I wasn't you know too happy about that, but the rest of it was great. It had like stitched fabric, uh, you know, and uh, yeah. There's a again. I'm just kind of like a little little. I'm turning my truck into a little racer wannabe type thing but oh, yeah it's got like a, a red band on the the very top of the steering wheel sure, yeah so as you're if you were a professional driver you can tell where the 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 center point of the wheel was yeah okay uh it's just you know just a little little notch of of color but it looks i don't know it looks to me it looks cool sweet and 
I figure the way my brain works, it you know, I'll I'll utilize it. I'll still use yeah that little mark. My track is is almost all stock still. Mm-hmm. I guess except for the few changes that we've made, but um, but that wheel is like is old and like you can see like where the hands have worn into it. You yeah, know? so like it's a gray material that's like worn down to like almost a white yellow <laughs> just in rubber that that's yeah. left yeah yeah so all the gray color is just gone and it's like it's just wearing down to this kind of tanned oxidized white plastic you just gotta grab yourself a uh, steering wheel cover steering wheel covers i used to get like the leather like gripped ones for my camaro oh yeah <laughs> i just felt cool but, <laughs> i was um, trying to think of a good one i never really liked the feel of them i liked like the i like a tight like no, I like yeah, I, wheel, you know? I hate steering wheel covers, but <laughs> it was just a phase, you know. You go through it, the you, steering you wheel cover phase. Just, uh, yeah, just who hasn't gone through that when they were young, <laughs> right? Man. I thought everyone did, um, but yeah, it's uh, it it for for my truck anyway. It was uh, an, an easy swap and definitely an easy buy, um, money wise, fifty bucks. Nice, at the max. That's great. If you, I mean, if you're going for the cheapest one, there's some out there for a couple hundred, but whoa. A diamond. Yeah, it was, yeah, there's some stuff, like gold-plated steering wheel. Sounds pretty boss. It's probably just, you know, pretend gold. I put a gold-plated steering wheel in my 4Runner. I almost almost bought one where those center spokes were gold. Because it was cheap, (laughs) and it looked kind of cool, and I was like, why not? Why wouldn't I just... do it. Gold center spokes. But I, I took a second, sat back, and pretended I was in my truck and like imagined having a gold wheel. And I was just like, no, this is... You made the right choice, Dave. I think I did, yeah. I went, you made the right choice. I went all black with uh, red stitch. So. Gotta go all black. Yeah, that's just... Murdered that's out. the That's the style of my truck anyway. It's all black. <laughs> so, Dave, I was trying to remember, because we talked about this when we went on our truck trip a couple of weeks ago, like when we went driving around, and then we podcast about it. But it's been so long now. We've got that delay. A yeah, little, little delay. How can you do it? Um, so I know it's old hat. It's old news. But, uh, but man, we went on <laughs> a uh, outdoor trip. We, we took did? the trucks out. Like We went up to some of those roads that are um, west of Eugene, west of Junction City, out in those hills. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. We, I was digging like uh, just those forest roads and like where they like kind of meander off to. It's pretty cool. They Yeah, there was a lot of... Um it was it was cool because a lot of them like kind of went to the same spot, so yeah. you never felt super lost. You just kind of were exploring this this little maze that you yeah, knew it's the cool. ins it's and like outs a, of. Like a little circuit of stuff, but it seems big enough and it it occupies enough time that it, I mean it, it's as much. Or I think it. How would I say? It, like kind of satisfies what I want of like opportunities to go into like backcountry roads and drive around. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of place to go out over there. Like more than. If I remember right, like more than what I remember or what we would go on in Southern Oregon. I, yeah, I you know, agree like we that. had a couple sort of short roads that we could kind of get out on, but it wasn't like as expansive or as many like cutoffs that would sort of branch out into whole different areas or like whole different networks of routes that you could put together. Mm-hmm. I think these like rolling hills out here are pretty cool for that. And it's great, man. Having these CPs on our trucks is like fantastic for like communication, driving around like with a small group of people. Absolutely. But it makes way more sense when you have a group that, or like, you know, when you're not the only person with a CP. <laughs> right. I haven't talked to one person yet on that that I would ever want to no, hear. No, I've, I've listened to a few conversations and they're just not things I ever want to get involved in. Not things you want to get you, involved in. If you've never been on the, uh, the CB waves, 
You're yeah. missing. You're missing uh, oh, America's yeah. Prime. America's, America's Prime is is out there <laughs> driving next to you, <laughs> right? Like these are the people in those big semis next yeah. to you. That's oh, the fun there's part. There's some insane people out there. Do you listen to your ham radio much? Um, you know, I'd say no. Yeah, I'd say no too. I, I put mine in my bag finally. I think it, maybe it's up there now. But uh, but yeah, I want to I want to try and uh, try and check it out. Have you checked out the repeaters around here? No, not you at all. You should do it, man. Yeah, I want to show you how to how to set up the repeaters on that radio that you got. I remember got. you were you were hitting one of them when we first got the got hams. Got Got to hit those repeaters. Got to hit those repeaters. That's really the only way. That's the fun thing about ham radios that we don't get with CB. Like if we're if we're doing radio stuff. Oh man, I should set up a, like a radio studio over here. Yeah, why gotta not? Get, gotta get uh, like a ham antenna. That'd be a cool project. We should put a ham. Put a ham just outside radio your antenna. Yeah, we'll just hang. <laughs> A cooked ham out the window. Can we get like <laughs> no? Can we get a one of those like eighteen foot whip antennas that just a whip? Yeah, you know, there's just those like metal ones that are just crazy. That'd be sweet. I want to. I want to like run one outside the window and just kind of run it discreetly up the side of the house and see what we can pick up. Right. Well, cool. I, I don't know how high your your roof goes or whatever, but that's what I mean. Is like if yeah. we can get something that clears the the rooftop. Yeah, that's where we'll get the most stuff. Yeah, I want to try and uh, and secretly put an antenna out. Yeah, well, you know how to get on the the actual roof, right? You can just I think it, I could figure it out. Do it I that mean, way. Drop the cable down the side, connect it through your window. Yeah, problem solved. That'd be cool. But yeah, I want to do more ham stuff, and so I've just got this little handheld unit. This uh, this Bofang. I think it's Mile like Fang. I think if you translate it, it's like storm wind. Oh. Seems pretty intense. I thought it translated to from China. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Baofeng from China. <laughs> Sounds like that too. Um, I think it's Baofeng, China. I think yeah, it's like a place, it right? Oh, wow. Well, probably. Maybe. But it is China, yeah. Oh, um, well. But the, the, uh, the, the two channel I can see the radio, though, the cool thing about ham stuff is that there's all the repeaters that are out there. So you can you can connect your radio to one of the repeaters in your local area. Right. And, and those are like. The repeater has kind of a, a bigger. Yeah, so you can like source. get a bigger reach. And like listen to things that are further away because the repeaters are, are all at like the, the locations. Like if you look around the skyline of your city and you see the whatever hilltop the radio towers are at, you'll see cell phone towers at a lot of them. But in a lot of places, there's like one central location, normally the highest point, like the big mountain in the area. And that'll have um, all of your, your local antennas on it. And this was all for the terrestrial based broadcasting systems that they had. So for all the for all, like the commercial radio properties that they'd have, like all the radio stations you listen to or all the broadcast news that comes in. I think those were why a lot of those antennas were put in place. And then to benefit the public, um, a lot of those locations also service a ham antenna. I think it's like bought and, you know, it's positioned by the local ham radio club or something like that. Like they get it, but they, but they, you can put it up on the towers out there hmm. um so it's cool so yeah so there, there's a lot of these places so like in eugene up on um up on the butte over on the south end of town on that big wave of uh, of towers that are out there right there's a ham radio repeater that's out there there's one out on coburg ridge that place where we've driven up before okay. on the top there's like towers up there oh yeah yeah there's an antenna up there and then there's one that we can reach from eugene here out on mary's peak that's the other one that i fit and that's like way up in um in corvallis it's like the big peak that you could see like uh, just west of Corvallis. Okay. Um, and it's cool because that's like line of sight to here. So that one's pretty far. So you can hit wow. um, you can hit that and then you can like hit to like Salem or Portland all the time, which is cool. Or you can hit people on the coast sometimes. 
That's kind of fun. What I don't understand is on the CB. Yeah, I hear I hear people calling out from places that seem further than I should be able to hear. Right. Is I mean, is that just like bleed over from something, or is that I've you know how that works? Misunderstood this for a while, and I understand what you're talking about. So I had thought that were they calling out like where they're from as opposed to where they are currently sometimes i think some of these people are calling out where they're from like if they're a trucker they're calling out it's their, hard to tell because they're big old jim kansas city over here yeah <laughs> okay i think they're identifying themselves like as their home you know yeah. like yeah. hey kentucky you out there like, that's what i yeah um and so I think maybe that's sort of how they associate with each other, or like cause they probably can like read their license plates too. I just realized that we're 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 almost analyzing this like they're like we're entering some kind of foreign culture, <laughs> and we're just like, what are these people? I've I've studied them closely. I believe that what they're trying I believe to do. What they're saying is, but there is this other thing called skip, and that's like the the propensity for radio frequencies to bounce between the surface the of the ionosphere. land and the ionosphere. Yes, okay. And then it instead of transiting only in a straight line like a ray or uh like a frequency like this would would want to do it would want to like just propagate straight out into space what's happening is kind of like when you see the wave of a water in the pool with the with, with the pool skimmer kind of stuck down in the water and you see that kind of jog in the shape of the of the rod that you have have you ever seen that before uh yeah put yeah. a stick in the water uh-huh. and it kind of refracts yeah. the light it kind of looks like it skips when uh-huh. it hits the surface of the water but it doesn't it's still a straight straight thing it's the same kind of idea with the radio frequency stuff it just kind of bounces it refracts um from from the surface of the, of the ground to the top of the ionosphere and then it kind of can transit or it can uh, skip for like hundreds of miles it can go really far so like with am radio broadcasts um, and it's known to happen more at night, I think, because the ionosphere isn't jammed, basically. Like, if you think of, like, a signal jammer, like, it isn't jammed by all the frequencies coming in from the sun. So as soon as the Earth spins around and points straight at the sun, which is throwing off all sorts of photons and all mm-hmm. sorts of frequencies, which would be radio frequencies, too. So as soon as we spin over to the sun, it's, like, just tuning into a ton of static from a really loud radio station. But then when we spin away from the sun again the ionosphere kind of quiets out. And so there's not as much activity. Right. That makes sense. And then there's a better chance that you're going to get a clear skip of a signal over a long distance without it being impeded by some other kind of, I don't know, confliction. Science bitches. Yeah, it's cool. And so like, that's why with like even a cheap, cheap AM radio, you can pick up a 50,000 watt AM radio station from like hundreds of miles away. Like, um, when I would, I think I'd pick up the Reno station all the time. Like I'd pick up the Reno station and I'd listen to like late night radio, but it's cool. Or you could pick up the Portland station and just with these bigger 50,000 watt channels, they would just skip at night. But in the, in the daytime, you couldn't pick those things up. Like you turn it back on once oh. the sun was out and you couldn't pick those channels up, but you have to wait till nighttime and then you get this really good skip or the, like it's weird. Cause it's sort of a, an analog phenomenon. And we're not really used to discussing those sorts of things as much anymore in the digital age, but there are things that happen that make certain times work better for what you're doing than other things, right? Like even just radio frequencies getting to you or not to you, but the atmosphere, the weather affects it, it like makes it better or worse. It's just phenomena. And it's like tons and tons of variables that may or may not work to do it. 
It's crazy. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get how radios work and and all that stuff. It'd be it'd be a great thing to learn. Gotta get your hand licensed, Dave. Yeah. I need to get. I need to fill all the stuff out for mine too. I'd, I'd like to do that. I want to do more about radio frequency and just like radio propagation science. I think it'd be a lot. There's a lot to learn in that, and there's a lot of cool stuff that you learn about the environment in that, and just how how things oh, yeah. work, like how physically things work, and how you physically can do things to communicate or to, to use like radio frequency to communicate. It's pretty cool. It's like a it's a good skill. I think it's a very it's cool important skill. About so it's been a fun little side hobby to have for a while. But most of the time, man, when you get on there, God, no one talks about anything. You would need <laughs> a huge natural disaster or emergency for any of these guys to just be focused and try and talk about something. The only thing they right. try and say is I'm in my rig. I was driving to get gasoline today, maybe get some lunch with the wife and thinking about selling this ICOM gear. Maybe anybody out there, uh, want to buy it. <laughs> K five N SXL. You know, I don't think I've ever actually heard anyone trying to peddle anything. It's all only waves. I always hear, or just like I just hear people insulting each other mostly. Oh yeah, I hear this sort of like pseudo passive aggressive nice, like where they just like aren't really being cool, and then also this like kind of directly snotty thing, like uh, hey, uh, you need to identify yourself. Oh yeah, or or. or or even, but even when they did identify themselves and they're just being like, uh, Hey, you're, you're on a repeater system that you're not welcome on. It's like, what? yeah, I mean, it's so funny. It's is, are you territorial, but it this? really was the internet before the internet. Cause just, yeah, you get that kind of stuff now too. Just in the modern age of, uh, this is our club. Yeah. And it's regulation by the FCC makes it so that you can't really say everything. Like there's you like, you just really can't swear, you know, do anything like that. Or any, any kind of lewd content doesn't exist there. So this hyper polite kind of communication system, but it's good. Really. I'm, I appreciate that that restriction or, or constraint is there. Yeah. Um, well, otherwise it would be the internet. Yeah. <laughs> or right. It'd be like a game of X on the Xbox. Just yeah. F you mother ever. Yeah. I mean, we hear how, how, uh, adult and collegiate the uh, conversation yeah. and the chatter of the CB radio channels are. <laughs> so there's a, that is, whole that is good. Out there. The CB world can kind of consume all that. But it is nice that, that at least there's kind of some constraints or some structure on the hand world. I was going to say, yeah, it's, 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 it's a little step up for sure. There's a, there's a part of life when you, when you start becoming an adult too that I'm barely starting to understand where you, you do need to be like serious about some things. Like, like freedom is great and we should have freedom. And we should also have like responsibilities, control, like having kind of structured systems to understand things and make use of our resource or like, like for radio frequency stuff, like you, you need to understand how radio works to do it. Or mm-hmm. you need to, like I was looking at like, um, like a sport pilot's license a while back. Like when I did the ultralight flight, like what it takes to get into, uh, piloting an ultralight aircraft. And it's like, yeah, you, you just need to be competent at this stuff. You like, you can't be like kind or, you know, it, you just should try. Right. <laughs> You got to figure it out. You, yeah. Like you should get good at this stuff. You should understand how all these pieces work and it's good to do that. Like you, you learn stuff, you, you can understand stuff and then, you know, you're just more competent, but it's not as good to just let anybody do anything all the time. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And it, you know, well for radio frequency stuff, the tough thing is because the spectrum, once it's, it's not like digital. Once the analog spectrum is, is, occupied it can't be unoccupied there's no there's no like domain system for someone who has a broadcasting element to 
to not broadcast anymore or, or for you to kind of network around that being a problem. Like your signal can just be jammed by someone not knowing how to use their radio equipment. Oh, right. Like, so, so if you, and then that's, um, uh, what, what do they call it? It's, it's like the same as the national national parks. It's like a public, um, it's not, it's in the public trust. I don't know. It's like a, a national asset that's owned by the public, like the radio frequency is. And so whatever oh, okay. is licensed commercially is licensed commercially. And so that's why the, that's why the FCC exists is to, to manage the national asset for the people of the radio frequency so that we have commercial space that's managed and regulated. We have the Wi-Fi space that's managed and regulated. We have like GPS that's managed and regulated through that same system. And then we have um, like the, the ham radio section, which is just a real small, tiny little sliver of the spectrum that's allowed for like, um, like personal use like this. And then all of that's kind of allocated to be that way so that people don't broadcast on frequencies that would interfere with other things or interfere with other problems. That, that's what allows us to have all these high-tech communications work so well or so seamlessly is because everything's kind of ordered and it's not interfering with each other. Right. Um, so I, I noticed that too with like, because uh, I, I thought I could like tune into to cop frequencies or something like that, but but just learning a little bit about it, just learning how that's a completely separate like set of bands that you yeah. commercially can't get or, you know, yeah, private, don't have, right yeah, now. can't get to. Yeah. Um, you can get a hold of that. You stuff. can. Yeah. And but I think to operate it, you might need more licensing than what I was on. Yeah. But I know you can get like police scanners that can, that can read through those channels. And there's a lot, I think there's a lot of fire channels that are on the ham radio bands that we can pick I, up. I did pick a couple of, yeah. Like I think it was yeah. like EMT even maybe. Yeah. There's but. a, there's a few cool ones out there. The weather channel is pretty cool. And then, um, on these repeater bands, there's some cool stuff. So there's these things called like the wind system. I think that's the one that we see in the Northwest a lot of time. That's where they they hook up one repeater to kind of, uh, piggyback or daisy chain with like a number of repeaters over, over like a great distance. So you can pick up people that are listening in from like Southern California or out in Nevada. And it's just kind of this big network of repeaters that are all sort of tied into each other, like a big party line for a period of time. And then there's certain periods of time where it's managed to be part of the system. And then it's just, it's just separate by itself for people in the Willamette Valley. And then there's other times where it's like back on that system, but there's like certain times. And then every like 10 minutes they'll mark and then like say, what it's going to be a part of. I was going to say, do they announce and do all that? That's yeah. All those radio calls are like really part of it. They're like radio registrations and stuff are really part of it. I heard, I remember hearing like, so like back when I did that radio internship, like the AM side is really specific. That's where they have all these like specific things about the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour and uh, top of the hour. And it's kind of a cool way to think of the hour, but top of the hour is like at the, at the 59 or one minute mark like 11.59 and then 12.01. That's all at the top of the hour. And the bottom of the hour is at like, is at 12.29, 12.30, the bottom of the hour. And then you work way back up toward the top of the hour. Um, and so you have to be on your mark. Um, you have to do a station identification at like, but to the second at like 12 a.m. and on the hour. And so like all the music and all the radio programming has to like wrap up and then like go to, a station ID 
for 10 seconds at the top oh, of the hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's what happens like when you listen to the radio, you'll hear like something where it'll call out to the top of the hour and they'll say like, uh, this is uh, news talk, 1160 KJO AM. Mm-hmm. And then I never go back knew to that. The show. Yeah. But it's an FCC requirement to like to uh, do a station identification so that you give, you just give information about what you're doing from your station, what you're broadcasting or what you're, your call sign or FCC identification is. Huh. Yeah. It's all part of that. But all those weird things on the radio are all parts of tropes that are old, old yeah. radio system. Yeah. I was, well, I was going to say that that also makes radio make more sense to me too. Cause I was just always turned off by it. Cause it was just like, ah, oh, they're constantly telling me yeah. what, you know, what they are, what they're yeah. doing. I don't care, but and they try and disguise it. Like they try and make it like kind of fun. That's where they get like yeah, all the, like yeah. the different voices, like that you know, just the crazy things that they say. <laughs> Gemini and Lindsay in the morning. Yeah, yeah. All those crazy callouts. Um, those are all set to just be station identifications because it just says they're just mandated that they have to do an identification, and then all the weird voice you acting stuff from it. Get, have more respect for them, knowing that they you know they have to. No, you really they should have respect. For, basically, for, act and and do that yeah. every every time, like clockwork. For the radio guys, definitely. That's that's Howard Stern's big gripe against podcasters is he's like, you guys don't know how to do radio. Like, and I understand it. Yeah, really, in some ways, it's not like wrong. you are not building a profession. I think is is kind of part. And he, he dude, he does this on everything. Or you know, you just you just. Or, dig on any point that he can. Yeah. Um, that's kind of his thing, but I understand him in, in the sense, and I'm a supporter of podcasting. I dig it, but I get it that people that are doing podcasting, they're not learning bottom and top of the hour. Yeah. We're not learning like how to pull into a segment or how to pull out to an ad. There's yeah. no like commercial end or endeavor to a lot of the development of the podcasting stuff so mm-hmm. far. And if you listen to a, a lot of parts of it. It just doesn't really seem to be moving with the momentum that the radio industry had early on as to like kind of not to go mainstream, but just to like organize. It's the people who are the most prominent in that community, organizing themselves to be really professional at it. Right. Uh, do you think part of that could, could be attributed to the fact that it's not uh, a structured thing? Really? It's just, you know, yes. cause yeah, with the radio, it, you know, it had to be, it, yeah. it became regulated once it became a thing, you know, and, and, and could be kind of added on to or whatever. I don't know, but podcasting no, is just like, I, know, I think that do it. That that's a thing that we see a lot on YouTube also, like with these YouTube yes. stars and we see people with the, the subscribers that are over a million people. And there's, there's a lot of question I'd almost say, uh, as to what their, their exact talent is. You know, it's hard to identify them as being people that are significantly or specifically talented. If I'm honest, I think of them all as actors because yeah. it's really just, I don't know, it seems like it's, it's all a big act. Yeah, maybe it is just a big act. I mean, uh, but I don't know if they're at the top of their game or I, I just don't, I don't know. With radio, there's, there's really a lot of skill that goes into it. And with a lot of these YouTube presenters, there's a lot of skill that goes into it, but there's there's a different way now that things are yeah. kind of coming together like we're talking about. And I like the authenticity part of it, but I also don't like the part that is not authentic. There is a part that just is people that aren't as good at it. 
being involved. Well, and I, and I think that's that's you know that's the trade off of making it uh, an easily accessible thing. Yeah, is you're just gonna have. You know, it, it is a almost a comparison between radio and internet yeah. of, of like structured way of growing something and then just the sort of like do it way and podcasting is going, you know, being that it's really a part of the internet is, you know, is following in those footsteps. Yeah. I'm with you. And I, I think that it works better that way. I dig that I people can it, pick yeah. out whatever format they want. Um, but yeah, there's, there's part of it that I, um, would prefer to aspire to, right. To just have like uh, mm-hmm. like tight kind of profession or like whatever that bigger kind of goal is, that bigger production part of the goal. What I like about it though, is it, 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 it makes it, it makes it feel more authentic. The really yeah. good podcast, yeah. like they're really working at that. They're really, you know, that's something they, they love or they can, you know, they're, they're doing themselves. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like, being a guy on a, a, a radio show, you know, we're like, you didn't, you yeah. didn't build that actual, no, those are some talentless people. I could dish on a radio station. People, they're the weirdest, <laughs> strangest, dumbest people out there. Like radio station DJs are such goofballs. Like you, you get into it and you're like, Oh yeah, radio would be like kind of an interesting job. Right. And then you get in there and you find out like, Oh, it's just a bunch of 45 year old people that mm-hmm. wake up at four in the morning to earn $11 an hour and be overweight and in debt. Like, do I really, do I want to jump into this career field? It, it's funny. Cause yeah, I always, I remember like loving radio voices, a lot of them, but then when you'd see the actual person on like some kind of promotion, you're yeah. like, this isn't the voice or the, the body of the voice that I envisioned. Yeah. Right. It's a trippy thing. It's a weird separation. So yeah, it's, there's some, there's some strange characters in radio and it's just kind of natural that they're, they're kind of. I don't know. Radio attracts strange people. When I did it in college too, it was a it was a group of misfit toys in that in that radio station. Misfit definitely. toys. Yeah, it's Christmas time, Dave. That's a good no. Well done, well done, <laughs> sir. Get some points for that. <laughs> but there's there's some oddballs uh, in there, and people that aren't also with that people that aren't really good at talking. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the college scene. Definitely, it was just kind of people that were like ah. it's just college in general. Well, wow. yeah. Bunch of nerds, be. man! I could pull up uh, some of the old, the old, like little radio bits that I was part of. Like I was on the show. I was. I tried to do. I tried to do a couple different things on KBVR, the college station, and they could never KBVR. even just get something as professional as this going, and which were, is surprising. They were impossibly frustrating. Oh my gosh. They were, they were terrible. I was pretty green at the, the whole thing too, but I just remember being like so fed up and frustrated with it. I was like, well, I could just get this all at my house. Like I could just do this at home and not really worry about the school anymore. But they were, they were really difficult. To and do. lo and behold, boom, you did it. Here we are now. Here we but are. Like the old episodes, like I did it, I did it with the same mixer and like the same like software and stuff. I think with these, these two mics way back in the day too, but just one at a time. Oh, no way. Oh yeah. History. History history right here dave it's funny that old kind of equipment like this is still still great it's it's hardly great but uh i mean these mics are good they're these mics are fine and uh and this mixer is just a little four channel mixer someday i guess we could we could switch it out but there's really no moving parts in that it's not a big deal doesn't matter too much for this this is pretty small potatoes you know for recording bands right we might want to go deep but uh i think uh 
just ran some old recording software. I think it's perfect. Four channel mixer. This, yeah, yeah, it's better than what most people have. People, I don't know, they don't they don't do a lot to engineer the podcast, but <laughs> just the webcam. This will be enough. Just the webcam. Just give me that webcam. Audio's <laughs> fine. Well, yeah. Thank you, Dave, for joining me today on the uh, the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Really appreciate you uh, spending some time hanging with me, chatting about your truck. Hey, no problem. Chatting about different. Uh, Always good to be here. Things. Yeah, it's Christmas, man. We're Christmas. probably not going to do another one until. Uh, after Christmas, we should do one celebrating the New Year. I was going to say New Year's party. 2016, man. We got to have uh, um, no. Got to have goals. That's that would be that would be important. <laughs> 2016, the year of goals, everybody. We got to have we got to have New Year's resolutions, Dave. <laughs> uh, mine will be to not get fat. <laughs> that's going to happen. Easy. Or it's not. You're not going to do that. I, you're going to succeed. At your I goal. know. That's what I'm saying. Like, gonna I'm going to set myself an easy goal, and oh, then yeah. I'll just. I'll live up to it, boss. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Dave. And uh, on behalf of Dave Swanson, my name is Billy Newman, and I appreciate you listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast.